transparency is always the best course of action with anything like this. And I would always rather challenge a brief and speak to that client and have that open discussion. Why are we speaking to them? Why are we spending all this money when we're only hitting 60% of their audience? Warning, this podcast may include hard-hitting truths, shocking revelations and outrageous social secrets. You won't see your life in the same light after this. But if you're ready to face the reality of an always online world, keep listening. This week on Social Minds, we were joined by Tom Peters, who is the head of talent and influencers here at Social Chain. Now, what we wanted to find out from Tom was whether or not the influencer marketing landscape is really in trouble following everything that's come out recently about influencer fraud and especially on the back of what Unilever released. Uh, we had a lot to ask him. Yeah, there's a lot of scrutiny in influencer marketing at the moment. So we were really, really keen to get Tom's thoughts on all of that, particularly, as you've said, around fraud and this idea of fake followers, which is a very real concern, of course. Um, But despite all this, a lot of marketers have said and promised that they're going to be spending more money in influencer marketing. Um, So it strikes us that they know that it's useful, but often they don't know how and they don't know the ways of spotting fraud. So there's some really, really key actionable points on, on the back of this podcast. So on another note, if you are listening on iTunes or anywhere where it's possible to leave a review, please do. It's a massive help to us and really hope you enjoy this podcast. I'll leave it at that. Is the influencer marketing landscape in trouble? Is it in trouble? Big question. I mean, with, with everything you've read recently, and I mean, I think there's a lot of debate going on around the influencer marketing sphere at the moment, and there's a lot of people. I think it's kind of exploded in the past two years or so. Like everyone under, like, understands they have to be doing it. They understand the success that can be seen behind it, but not a lot of people know how to use influencers in their marketing strategy. Um, and I think in that aspect, there's a the danger that you've got brands who don't know what they're doing with influencers, and as a result. They're using them wrongly. Um, mm. They're paying them completely out of what you should expect to pay and not understanding what the return is for their money. And as a result, they're shying away from it and they're inflating salaries for mm. these for mm. these influencers, which then out, outbids kind of the, the, the brands that know how to use influencers, which makes it difficult. Um, and then on the other side, you've got people who want to be influencers because they see how rewarding it is in both in terms of exposure their own personal branding and monetary reward that they can get from brands um and therefore we see a lot of people who want to be an influencer so they go to extreme lengths and they will fake it to an extent till they've officially made it um and that makes it harder for brands to identify which influencers they should be working with so i think there's a lot of work that can be done do i think it's in trouble no i think it's a really exciting point we've reached an exciting point for influencers whereby we have the opportunity now to put a stamp on it and define where that goes next it's growing isn't it because i've got this stat down here which says 75 percent of uh, marketers plan to uh, currently work with influencers and 43 percent uh, plan to increase their spending next year so they're pumping money into it it's become like like you said massive there's it's, it's only getting bigger and bigger and bigger and but you mentioned that faking it till they make it there's all there's this issue of fraud at the moment and this is what we're mainly talking about isn't it influence of fraud mm-hmm. um and fake followers and 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 everything that goes in, in with that so can you shed a bit of light on that and what we talk about when we said that because this is something that's sort of blown open yeah as i say it's it's one of them things whereby the influencer market kind of came about when years back it used to be celebrities you would see brands paying a-listers to go endorse their product mm-hmm. and for years that worked um 
And I remember like when I was a kid, it was the Spice Girls. Like the Spice mm-hmm. Girls were on everything. You couldn't go into a <laughs> shop without seeing them on about five different products and you'd buy them all because the Spice Girls were on it. Um, and then kind of late, twen- like the late noughties, kind of like 2010s, um, it reached a, a point of saturation whereby it just wasn't working for the brands. They were spending all these millions of pounds and not seeing the return on it. And then with the introduction of like the internet and people had access to online and they could go to actual thought leaders in them areas. So that's what people started to do. They'd log on and they would follow someone who was really into fashion, but had a career in fashion and knew mm-hmm. what they were talking about with what was coming up, up and coming. And therefore they logged on, they followed them on MySpace or they followed them on Facebook and then now Instagram and YouTube. And they listened to them because they were an expert and they understood exactly what they were talking about. And that's where influencer marketing kind of came from. And people have, have seen that. And now everyone with social media thinks that they're an expert in what they what they do. Mm, they they mm. think if they go out onto the streets of Manchester in Northern Quarter and take a quirky picture in front of a, a brick background and they get <laughs> 200 likes that they can then charge a brand 500 pounds to do a story. And mm. they see that and then they start to inflate their own stats because they think, oh, hang on, if I pay 200 pounds to a company to get me an extra 2,000 followers, I can charge X amount more. Mm. And they keep doing it and they keep doing it. But it's, it's a vanity metric, and as a result, the brand won't see any return for their investment. So brands need to kind of have a bit more sense when they're looking at them influencers and understanding exactly who that audience is. Where are they based? What are they interested in? Am I solving it? Are they going to solve a problem that we need We need to, we, we need to look at? Mm. Um, and unless they're doing that, then, yeah, that fraud is going to just continue to grow and grow and grow. And that's kind of why, how we've got to the point that we are at, is mm. these brands mm. not understanding how to work with influencers. Um not understanding how they've grown, what their engagement's like, mm. and what they actually want to achieve from the from the influencers, mm. and it's it's empowered people to go out there and and, and fake these and fake these metrics. I read somewhere earlier uh, a recent study said that it's twelve percent uh, roughly of influencers were found to be buying fake followers. Mm-hmm. How would you propose we solve that problem? I think there's a lot that the platforms need to do. Mm. Um, we see it come about every once in a while. Like Twitter have recently done a big cleanse of their yeah. social media. And you see it with the celebrities like Katy Perry lost millions of people. Yeah. Didn't she have the most following out of any celebrity? Yeah. I feel like, yeah, she was like one of the highest. I think she's still one of the highest, which is who saw a big drop. She was one of the ones that saw a very big that, drop. But uh, Katy Perry hasn't been buying followers. No, and I think sometimes it's it's not necessarily the, the influencer's fault. And mm. we see a lot of this around engagement and fake engagement, but I know I can hold my hand up. I see people comment on my post every once in a while, like, want more followers? Check out this mm-hmm. link. And yeah. Yeah. they go out there. And it's, online, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So it's not always that the influencer is the one that's causing it or the celebrity is the one that's going out there and buying these followers. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of these bots that are doing it automatically and people are looking at them and thinking, oh, let's do it. And that's right. how they, they make their money and they continue to do it that way. So we're not, I'm completely not saying that the influencers are the ones at fault, but I think there's a lot that the platforms can do to help resolve it. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot that the influencers can do when they're working with brands in terms of transparency and saying, you know, this is how I run it. This is the percentage of my audience that are engaged mm. um, and showing demonstrable results from previous campaigns that they've worked with. But I think there's a big job that people like ourselves and agencies can be doing in analyzing that data, looking at where their audience is based, how quickly that audience has grown, what's caused that growth in their audience and being a bit more analytical in how we're approaching it. Um, And that's what me and my team try to do is we will always look back over the history of that influencer and see how they've grown. We look at 
insights which show us what their audience are talking about, what brands their audience are talking about. So if we're speaking to a brand who wants to work with influencers and they're saying we want to work with X person, we can look at that and we can say, well, yeah, great. They might have all these followers, but their followers are talking about this brand, this brand and this brand, which mm -hmm. don't have a synergy mm -hmm. to what you're looking to no. achieve. And as a result, we wouldn't recommend going down that route. We'd look at such a person. Right. The example, uh, we, we, we were having a conversation about this the other day and the example I think we sort of came to was uh, say you, you sell milk, milk for a living and, yeah. and you're an influencer in, your, in that sort of field but um, half of your followers are, have your followers enjoy milk. I don't know where I'm getting with this. <laughs> you're you're, a you've cow, always got basically. like a lacto, uh, you know, you're a milkman who's being advertised in position to a... Um, audience of people who are lactose free and like you said you're not going to get that synergy are you no. in in that respect and to shed for, so to shed a bit of light on this for, for people who are maybe catching up to this and sort of hearing it for the first time although it's been a massive story the problem is that these uh influencers and some people have, some of the people following them are fake followers they're bots aren't they and they're fake accounts and and like you said it's not always the influencer's fault i suppose sometimes because i've had it before where i've been followed by fake bots and i'm like that's a bit strange and it'd be like two thousand followers mm -hmm. with like one picture i get it all the like, time i think they latch themselves onto certain hashtags yeah and find you that way so if you're the type of person like me that tries to get as many likes as you can and puts loads of hashtags at the end of a post i think that's how they find you, you can be susceptible mm. it's, it's a massive thing isn't it it's, it's finding that balance between organic growth and a faked growth to yeah. an extent because everyone like we're all guilty we all use hashtags and we do it so that your your, your content is seen by more people yeah and that's yeah. as you say that's how the bots find what you're looking for but how mad is that because in the beginning that is how everyone was taught to increase organic growth mm -hmm. hashtags was that helping hand in that way and i think you see people now using ridiculous hashtags like you've got hashtags that are related to the post that you're putting up so you know Hashtag Manchester, hashtag social chain if you're mm. taking a picture in the office. But then you also see people who are doing like hashtag like for like, hashtag follow me, mm. hashtag uh. follow back, etc. And I, I don't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> and also what I'm interested in is you sort of say that there's almost, and this is something that's been thrown around a bit, that the platforms um, need to be more liable in ways and need to take more responsibility in stamping this out. And... Um, and is one of the reasons for that because if they, like you said, they can turn a blind eye to it, I suppose, for so long. But if they really, really start hitting down on it, their own numbers, I suppose, their mm. follow accounts begin to fall. I mean, Instagram said in the summer they've got one billion users now. Yeah. How many of those are actual people? Because it all it all counts towards the mm. same number, doesn't I it? I don't think they'd want anyone to know. No, and if they, for them, it, it doesn't make sense for them to say, oh. 40% of our audience is fake mm. because that's the, instantly their share price will drop. People yeah. won't want to invest in them or give them money, etc. And same with their ad revenue. People think, oh, okay, that platform is a lot smaller than Facebook or YouTube. Let's move our ad spend there. And mm. um, so, yeah, I think it's, the, you might see it occasionally they'll do a, a spree where they will quickly wipe a few, like a few hundred mm. thousand accounts and it's, mm. oh, look, we're doing our bit, but are they genuinely or is it more of a publicity stunt to show Oh, actually, yeah, we've, we've done a big cleanse. Mm. We've got all active followers when they've only looked at 2% of actually their full audience mm. figures. 
And what, what I'm interested to know, what can an influencer bring you? Because I suppose me, if I were to say a new brand and I just saw that, you know, influencer marketing is where it's at and you need to speak to the cool kids to speak to the other cool kids, what are some of the benefits that it can bring your brand that people are maybe missing because they're just latching onto these vanity metrics? They're just like, oh, give me 200,000 likes because then I look better than my competitor. Well, I think when you get the right synergy with the right influencer, that the growth that you can get, the benefits you can see from the back of it are like, they can go anywhere really. Um, mm. I'll give you an example. We worked with a client that we have um, in the fashion sphere um, whereby they wanted to see demonstrable results in the terms of sales. So that kind of always, brands always want to see the return on their investment and they want to see it in cold hard cash. Granted, if they're investing X amount of money, you should see that. Mm. Um, so the way we did it is we identified a number of influencers who didn't necessarily have millions of followers because all of them followings in the millions might not necessarily be interested in fashion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we we literally um, drove it down to people between say a 10,000 to 100,000 following who were thoroughly engaged in fashion and had engaged with similar brands across their network. Um, and we just targeted them by saying, you know, this is what we're hoping to achieve. And by doing that, we'll work with you on a reward scheme um, with the influencers. Um, and one of the strongest successes we had is one of the influencers who had six, only, only had 60,000 followers and was probably paid less than a thousand pounds for her work and drove over 60,000 pounds worth of sales for us. Wow. So in terms of what that can do with regards to the brand, it's massive. And when you get it right, it works and it gets it so right. Yeah. And that's, that's what we want to do. We want to look at that data and say, okay, why did that campaign work? Mm. Why did that influencer work with that brand? And it's because we understand what other brands their audience are interested in, what they like to see from that influencer, and we paired them up as a perfect synergy, rather than just saying, wow, Kim Kardashian's got millions of followers, mm. let's pay her 100,000 pounds to post about this teeth whitening and mm. that her audience aren't gonna buy. Yeah, you might get the few diehards that will, but you're never gonna see that returning, you're never gonna see that brand loyalty. No, it, it surprises me that brands even still think that way, because that, it seems obvious to us. I feel like vanity metrics were, like a thing of the past because everyone here obviously knows that's not how it works but yeah. brands are still thinking that brands way. still think it and i think that's that's the other challenge and it's our job and agencies jobs to do is educate the brands so they'll come to us and say we want to do influencers and um, we want to do a instagram post and we want to see x amount of clicks to the website and we're saying okay but you can't click out of instagram unless you do it through a swipe up on a story mm -hmm. or whatever well we want a static post okay but we need to look at what your KPIs are what you're looking to achieve mm. because what your vision is isn't marrying up to what you want to achieve in the in the long run. So mm. how do we maximize that and make sure that they're working together? And it, it's our job to educate them on that and say, these are the best platforms if that's what you want to achieve. This is how best to execute it. And these are the best people to be speaking to. Mm. Um, because yeah, as you say, we think it's a thing of the fact of the past, but no, there's still a long way to go, I think. Do you do you think it is up to us then, agencies, to educate the brands and the influencers on these kind of things um, with the fraud topic as well as things like how to get the best engagement and synergy? 100%. Um, I think transparency is always the best course of action with anything like this. And I would always rather challenge a brief and speak to that client and have that open discussion. Mm. And if they come to us and say, we want to work with such a person. We're saying, okay, well, we've done this analysis and we can see that X amount of these followers are based in New York, but you're trying to target people and we only ship in the UK. Mm. Why are we speaking to them? Why are we spending all this money when we're only hitting 60% of their audience? Mm. Um, 
if they're in Australia or whatever. And it's, it's understanding all of that and educating them and being completely transparent and saying, this is why it won't work. I can understand why you want it to work, but mm. this is how we're best to do it. And we can always work with them. And if they're dead set on doing it that way, I would always recommend doing like an A-B split and saying, you know, okay, let's invest half the budget here. Let's invest half the budget here and then optimize spend mm. to where we start seeing the results. Do you find that brands are asking the right questions when it comes to approaching an influencer campaign? Like, do you think they know what they should be asking when it comes to things like, um, okay, so we want to work with this influencer. They've got 300,000 followers. Is this legit? Are they asking those questions? No. No? No, no. I, I, I can't remember the last time I was asked by a brand, are these followers legit? There tends to be. The questions that we tend to get most commonly from brands would be around... How much should we pay them? Oh, they've asked for this much money. Is that the right amount? Why don't they just do it for free? Oh, and we'll dear. give them product. <laughs> We're giving them product. And I think a lot of brands see influencers as people who should just be willing to take product from them and mm. shout about their brand. Mm. Um, whereas they don't recognize that influencers in themselves are creators. They're a brand in themselves and they're mm. protective of their own brand. They won't work with any brand that speaks to them um, because it doesn't fit with their own brand and what they're trying to achieve from their channels. Um, and there needs to be that mutual respect mm. between a brand and the influencer and that synergy with them as well. Um, so no, they don't tend to ask them questions, which is interesting. Um, but as you say, it's our job to educate them on it yeah, and make sure that they're aware of the, the difficulties that we have. It's, it's, it is funny that, isn't it? Because it's so much, uh, it strikes me from an outsider's point looking in, I mean, obviously aware of influencers, but don't work directly with your team, Tom that um, everything is sort of countable. If you, if you hire a billboard or do an out-of-campaign, um, home, out-of-home campaign, it's this much, it's that much. But influencer marketing is almost so new that the rules are, are sort of being rewritten as mm. we go, you know, in a positive way. Yeah. And we've got a lot of people, I suppose, in this space who are um, establishing what that is. And it strikes me that maybe in five years' time we'll get to a point where there's those pricing models and everybody knows where they stand but like and I you said that's that's always a, a good conversation to have with a brand as well is i haven't said it once i've said it a thousand times is you're not buying a billboard space no and if you want to buy a billboard space buying it on an influencer's platform is never going to work mm. because the reason one of the other reasons influencers came about was ad blockers and vod etc etc typical advertising that is, is dying out mm. it is completely dying out and influencers are a new way to approach that but at the same time we scroll through our timelines and we see hashtag ads so many times mm. as i say you see that influencer against the brick wall in their outfit with hashtag ad around it and we're kind of bored of it so we just scroll past it now yeah, so yeah we're paying these influencers to be creators and it is empowering them to create content that represents your brand in a strong way and the way that you want to see, want to see it but giving them that creative license to do it in a way that they know their audience will respond mm. rather than dictating to them because you will just scroll past it and you won't get the results that you want if that's what, how you want to play it. And there was a really interesting case study um, last year with Disneyland and they decided to go out and use influencers. And I think they used around 20 influencers who they invited to the park to just do a free-for-all, just create the content mm. that they thought mm. would represent Disney the best. And I read an interview with their marketing team and they were, they were really cautious they were scared by it their legal team was terrified by it <laughs> and the fact that we're just letting these creators come in and do whatever they want but the results that they saw they were so happy with and mm -hmm. um, they didn't go into the detail because they were quite protective over it but mm -hmm. they've now invested more money in influencer marketing than traditional advertising and then you look at someone like red bull who invest 80 percent of their budget 
in influencers. I know 20% of their marketing budget goes into tr traditional advertising and they don't go out there and post influencers holding a can of Red Bull. In fact, most of their, I'd say 100% of their influencer marketing doesn't feature a can of the drink. Their branding just empowers influencers to create the content that they want to create wow. and push them out of it because Red Bull gives you wings and that's <laughs> what you take away from it. Yeah. So that's what people need to be doing when they're working with influencers is finding the right people who have that synergy with what your brand wants to achieve and empowering them to create the content that they want to do rather than dictating to them and saying, you are a billboard because they're not. Yeah. It's much more authentic that way, isn't it? But I wonder, we were talking um, about price just now. Yes. And if there is like a set standard because no one knows at the minute um, what to pay them, aside from measuring it on vanity metrics, if we're saying followers don't really mean anything anymore, how can you measure how much an influence is worth based on content the brand hasn't seen yet? That's a good question. I think the... There's a lot of safeguards you can put in place. Um, before you can establish how much an influence is worth to you, you need to understand what the KPIs are that you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. So there's no point saying to yourself, I want to spend £10,000 in influences, but I don't know what I want to come at the end of it, because mm -hmm. at the end of it, you're not going to be happy with the results. If you're saying to yourself, we want to drive £100,000 worth of sale, then you need to say to yourself, okay, what is the cost I'm willing to associate towards that? What is the minimum I need mm -hmm. to, what is the most I can be spending to be seeing that as a worthwhile profit? and then work your way backwards from there, and then identify the influencers who are going to be able to empower you to do that. Mm. Um, as I say, that's not saying you have to go out to the biggest influencers. It's going to the influencers who are thoroughly engaged with your brand and then understanding what that cost is to you and understanding that you're not just paying for that ad space effectively, you're paying for their time, mm. their creativity, their brand endorsement, and their engaged audience. Yeah, This is working on that micro scale so micro-influencers and, and people like that, as they call it. Yeah, and I, I genuinely think that's where the future is in influencer marketing. Mm. Like, as mm. you say, we're going to a place now whereby your top-tier influencers, mm. your hero influencers are now celebrities in their own right. Mm. You're seeing them mm. appear on Strictly Come Dancing this year. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? So yeah. you, they're pricing themselves out of that influencer marketing. Yeah. They're no longer in a place whereby you're paying them to do like endorsements, you're going into celebrity endorsement territory, which is not what you want to do. Mm. You need to kind of take it back to the granular level and really understand that audience and get a thoroughly engaged audience. Because I know for me, I'd rather pay an influencer 500 pounds who's got 10,000 followers, but every 10,000, every one of them 10,000 people are going to love what I'm going to give them mm. and then go mm. on to potentially engage my brand, follow my brand, purchase from my brand, tell their friends about their brand and maximize it that way. That's it. It's, it's almost like that mushroom cloud effect, isn't it? You can reach 10,000 people and those 10,000 people are bound to perhaps tell one or two people or, or even more about that. And then you're going out and going out and you're working backwards like that, aren't you? Um, it strikes me as well how incredibly savvy the actual influencers are. What's, what's the view from them? What, how do they see all of this and all the, the light that's shining on them and the conversations and I think from my experience with influencers and from the conversations I've had with them, um, they're as equally concerned as we are, as the brands are mm. in influencer fraud, because ultimately it's damaging their reputation. Mm. It makes it more difficult for them to be contacted or to work with the brands that they know their audience will respond to because there's so much more competition out there. So they're as equally as keen to, to do that, to see that transparency mm. and to mm. push that forward. Um, because ultimately it's taken the taken work away from them that they should rightfully have. Um, so, yeah. And that's a real revelation, isn't it? Because it strikes me that 
there'll be a lot of people out there pointing the finger directly at influencers. Oh yeah, and really they're pointing it at each other it, as well. Yeah, they'll call each other out. Some of them, yeah, <laughs> but sometimes wrongfully so. Well, you you don't you don't know, do you, if they're telling the truth or not? But I remember seeing um, a good couple of months ago now on Twitter. See a few influencers I follow are part of the same community, I think, um, and some of them had been accusing certain others of buying followers or someone had been outed and then that person had to come forward and try and defend themselves um, and had said it's the instance of okay maybe a portion of my followers are fake but I haven't bought them no um, and let's see that flipped back like how many of your followers are fake I mean yeah. it's, you'll hide you'll hide through <laughs> I mean no, sorry not yours <laughs> out, out of like 400 and something I'm, I'm hoping it's not like half of them otherwise that would be pretty pitiful wouldn't it and it's not even necessarily that they bought them like their followers might be inactive because it's people who have had old accounts and yeah. they've just kind of lost the login or they've changed it because they want to start again and yeah we were working with an influencer the day and We'd worked, with her, we'd worked with her on a number of campaigns where she'd always performed well. Like, I think we'd done about three or four campaigns with her. And then we contacted her about a new campaign. I mean, she was like, oh, actually, as of this week, I no longer use that account. And I decided to start again. And mm. she'd gone down to like 200 followers. And we were like, oh, okay, well, we can't work with you on that account because you don't have that same reach. Mm. But, and for them, like sometimes they wow. see that they look at their own audiences and they'll say, okay, X percentage of that are now inactive or they're not engaged. And so... Let's start again start and build again. that again. That yeah. is bold. It's a very bold at, at this like point, surely it's so hard for an influencer to get to that stage now. Uh, yeah, I, th I think she, that particular influencer. I think any influencer who does that for, for wow. even would struggle to build themselves up to that same following. Um, but if the content right and if what they're putting out, then they should start to bring back them engaged followers. Well, yeah, if P yeah people that were following before will follow them over. Then yeah, hopefully. But that that is really bold. Is they're almost uh, that's fascinating. That they're, they're like almost auditing their themselves. own. They're auditing themselves. Is and there no other it option? Seems really quite... it's, it's brave. Can you not like? <laughs> is there not like a tool you can use to purge fake followers? I don't think there is to to actually delete them from your following. Really? I think in, in, Instagram of bringing in a tool. I don't know if it's been launched. Actually, it might be launched by the time this goes out. Um, whereby you can get people to unfollow you so you can have the, mm, you can yeah, block them from yeah. following you so there is that option yeah. um, but it's, it's a very manual task to do it yeah, yourself sorry. especially if you're talking in the hundreds of thousands of followers that mm. you might have and 20% of them that's a lot to go through I think you're right in saying Instagram should be or all the platforms really should be the ones that take action on this but do you think all influencers would welcome it say like what happened with Katy Perry all of a sudden your audience is cut in half I think it's the, the fairest way to do it, Yeah. Um, yeah. personally. Um, will all of them welcome it? No, but will the ones that don't welcome it be the ones that we necessarily care about or want to be mm. working with? That's a, that's another discussion all it in itself. It goes back to that yeah. transparency idea of what you were saying. Oh, yeah. So I'd touched on something that you both said then in terms of saying it'd be, because I think a lot of people definitely, and Tom, a lot of people will be looking for you to call bullshit on this, but a lot of people think, oh, I could just become an influencer. Like, I could become an influencer this weekend if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I'd start posting out this kind of content and all, all and all the rest of it. But is there a sense that for a lot of people, the moment probably has passed because it's so hard to grow organically, like you said? Uh, yeah, 100%. It is a lot more difficult. People think it's easy to become an influencer. And I read a stat, it was like, one of the top five jobs now for kids in primary school is mm -hmm. to become a YouTuber. 
And I was like, that's crazy. Like, it ranks above pop star. And I was yeah. like, what? It, that, that was it. Yeah. It used to be footballer, pop star, yeah. didn't it? Now Space a YouTuber. Yeah. <laughs> we spoke to someone a couple of weeks ago um, whose children are actually influencers. Yes, and, yes uh, we did, yeah. I think that stat was shared then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, I was saying. It blows my mind when I see it. And I'm like, you, you, this new generation of influencers are starting that early. Like, mm. they're, wow. they're starting when they're three and four doing toy unboxings. And I'm like... Blumenek, how? Yeah, it's um, mad. Yeah, so when people are sat there saying, I can become an influencer this weekend when they're 16, they're probably about 12 years off, 12, yeah, 12 years too late. Um, but I also read a stat where it was like, in a few years' time, everyone's going to be an influencer. And I guess, to an extent, we all are influencers. We mm. all will speak to a friend or speak to someone and say, oh my God, check this out. Or have you heard the new single by such a person? Or, mm. oh my God, try this drink or try this food from such a store. So we all influence to an extent. Mm. The difference with social media influencers is they have the following and the engaged yeah. audience and mm-hmm. to attract them people it's becoming a lot more of a saturated market for you to mm. try and, and it's a lot noisier for you to try and break through that noise and bring that attention to yourself and I even see like I was scrolling through my timeline the other day it's, it's possibly slightly off topic um, but I'm starting to see people's personal accounts being boosted like people I don't even follow yeah. or engage with and I'm like I've seen that too yeah, people are now paying to just have their personal posts boosted across Instagram and I'm like, that is taking it to an entire new level. Because not yeah. even talking about anything in particular. It's just, oh, look at me on holiday with my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's no, crazy. that's literally that's people fair. putting money into their own. It's the rise of personal branding. It's the personal branding. That's, what it is. True, that, that's a big true. part of it. But I think people just sort of act first without thinking first, you know, and think, oh, I'm going to be an influencer. But they don't actually have a purpose or a personal brand to push. It's a new generation of celebrity. It's yeah. a celebrity without talent, I think, that's coming forward. <laughs> and that's not saying, no, that's not me saying influ- I'm talking about people who see influencers, they see celebrities and yeah. they think, yeah. oh, and coffee. I'm going, I've got the best of both worlds and this is how I can do it. Yeah. You said before, was it, it, was, it was Andy Warhol, I think he said, in the future, but yeah, it was it 15 it must have been 15 mm. minutes of fame back then yeah, and that's yeah, probably yeah. even shorter again but essentially it seems like he's saying this you know and yeah. by these, these things that we read that everybody will be an influencer is that it's like we've all got access to this i suppose to be a celebrity ages ago you needed to be discovered or you needed an agent but now we've all got access to these tools and we can there is a lot of self-fame going on isn't there mm. we can build our profile up and all the rest yeah. of it through instagram well it, it is difficult you know how much i care about my instagram but you do you do no, very no one's, precious no one's, over no one's picked me up yet to be fair i've been having a detox I haven't posted it's since June, right so i'm it. doing very well <laughs> I, i'm curious to ask you um when you're sort of auditing a potential influencer what does a healthy engagement rate look like we would always in terms of Brand sponsored posts or just in general? In general. In general, you could probably look between, if you've got an engaged audience, you could probably look up to about 7-8%. Really? Yeah. That is um, very high. And it depends on the platform. That's talking about Instagram. Like yeah. when we look at YouTube, we can see engagements up to like 30% on there with a, with a, a good influencer who's yeah. got strong content that you want to see. Um, but yeah, like with a brand sponsored post, it tends to be a little bit lower. Um, I think the on average, you're looking at between like 1.5 to 2%. Mm. Um, but anything above 3% is like a great result on, mm. on a brand sponsored post. Um, and that comes down to a number of factors. That's not just, you know, are they engaged because it's an ad, but it's also the, the kind of how much limitations the platforms are now putting on sponsored posts because they want you to start investing money to promote that. Yeah. And their algorithms are stopping 
a massive percentage of their audience from seeing their posts mm. from the offset anyway so I did I did wonder you know Instagram's uh not really new anymore but feature um for paid partnerships mm-hmm. so they market at well, the top yeah. of a post that is sort of their response to all right well if you're gonna make money from content on my platform we want in on that too mm, yeah. so they mm. take a cut every time uh, someone makes a post mm, from mm. that so that's the reason they they are actually um deprioritizing sponsored posts in the feed i would i wouldn't be surprised I wow. wouldn't be surprised. I, yeah, to be honest, you hear things through the grapevine, don't you? And I think that that would make a lot of sense. But then as well, like if, we're, if we're talking about influencer fraud, there's also this whole other angle to influencer fraud. And you've got the audiences and all that, that conversation that we've had, but you've also got the influencer fraud whereby people aren't being transparent with the sponsored post that they're getting. Yeah. They're not necessarily declaring if they've got an ad or a sponsored post and they are just mm-hmm. putting out a product as if it's a genuine endorsement. And again, yeah. that's... There's got to be a lot more transparency on that, I think, and with the influencers that you're working with, because the audiences should know if they're being sold to. Yeah, definitely. Um, and what you tend to see is influencers are very quick to shout out if it's not a sponsored post, um, but not necessarily so quick to say this is. Mm. I'm interested to know as well, because on, on the back, maybe it's not necessarily influencer marketing, but there's this whole thing of advocacy that opens up, and it's something we've written about on the website before, uh, you know, brand uh, identifying brand advocates. So the, the example I guess I use is, so I'm a massive fan of Adidas. I'm on Instagram and 10 of my last posts had me in Adidas trainers or an Adidas jacket. And I was, you know, uh, talking about it constantly. That would be seen as advocacy, wouldn't it? Rather than influencer marketing because Adidas hasn't necessarily paid me for that. Mm-hmm. But to Adidas, I'd surely be quite valuable because I'd be a sort of an advocate of that brand. Yeah. And and we had it for, there was, you saw a while ago, didn't you, with uh, Dark Social and these sort of WhatsApp groups yeah. that Adidas was sort of gifting, I mm-hmm. suppose, going back to what you were saying, Tom, not monetary stuff, but gifting merchandise, I guess, to be a would fan. It, would it depend how sort of, I don't want to say famous, maybe like how like big you were, say if it was on Instagram and you're posting all this stuff in Addy gear, mm. if you had like a normal amount of followers, like next to nothing, like 200 or 300, that's basically just user-generated content, is it not? True, very but true. If, but if you yeah. had, if you had, you know, a couple of thousand followers, and you were probably being an advocate, would yeah, Adidas even become... know that you were out there? Like, would they know you were helping? That's probably yeah, advocacy yeah. then. But I think that a brand advocacy again is something else, which is the future of influencer marketing. You won't brands will start to move away, in my eyes, from just paying for a one-off sponsored post because they won't see that return on that investment anymore. Because mm. as again, again, it's so saturated. So you will have to see brands and influencers working harder to prove that result. And it will become a longer term partnership. And influencers will have to genuinely love the product that they're talking about. Because mm. yeah. if they don't, we see right through it now. It's, it's so transparent. Um, Audiences do as well, you know. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's what I mean. So it will become more brand advocacy than influencer marketing as it is known now and with more micro-influencers who genuinely live live and love a product. It feels such a shame to wrap this up, but we are running out of time. So I want to leave it on one final thing. Your top three kind of tips or takeaways for people going forward in the influencer space for brands, we should say. Um, I would say it's know what you want to achieve. So understand your KPIs, um, identify or look for influencers that have a synergy to what you want to achieve and what your brand is wanting to say. And third point would be, remember that they're creators and empower them to do that rather than paying for billboard space.
Excellent. Lovely. That was perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Thank, Thank you very you. much. Really, really enjoyed that. Enjoyed this episode? A like, a share, or a quick review will enable us to bring you hard-hitting truths and outrageous social secrets every week. This has been the Social Minds Podcast with Theo, Eve, and music by Pierre Flass.